Miracy. I'm Michael Roderick, and you're listening to Making It. I run a business called Small Pond Enterprises, where we help thoughtful givers become thought leaders. This is something not a lot of folks know about me. I took six years of jazz dance when I was in high school, as well as middle school, and I was pretty proficient at it. And when I was in high school, I ended up doing choreographing a dance to uh, Right Said Fred's I'm Too Sexy for our school's <laughs> for our school's talent show. Um, so I um, I ended up after having done that, getting that dance requested at pretty much every dance that we had, you know, at the school. And again, sort of looking back on it, it was like, wow, that was a perfect example of referability because the song was a very popular song at the time. It was a very accessible song at the time. It was influential because it made everybody look cool when they talked to other people and said, hey, you got to see this dance. You got to, you know, check out this thing. And well, somebody dancing to that particular song is uh, pretty much going to be memorable. So uh, at my school, my school is very focused on sports. Um, so there were a lot of instances where there was a lot of funding for sports. A lot of the sports teams would get like, you know, new uniforms. There were lots of opportunities for people within the sports side of things, but there actually wasn't very much funding for our school's English department. And we ended up having lots of issues where like we just didn't get enough money for certain books and certain things that we wanted to do for the English department. So me and the rest of the creatives came up with this idea to put together a battle of the bands that would be a fundraiser for the school's English department. And I often refer to it as the night I beat George Lucas because we had put together this major battle of the bands where we got all these different bands together. My band at the time, Morbid Cappuccino, uh, was the headliner. That was the name, yep. And basically, it was, I think, Return of the Jedi was coming back out on the big screen on the exact same night. So we were looking at the fact that, oh man, we might not sell tickets to this thing. And this is funny because this comes back around. So one of the things that I did was I told basically everybody who was buying tickets, if we sold enough tickets, if we sold out the auditorium, that at the end of the Battle of the Bands, I would do the I'm Too Sexy dance. And as a result, <laughs> we ended up having the entire thing sold out. So I, I often refer to that as the night I beat George Lucas. When I was a teacher, I had a boss. I worked in an educational technology startup for a while. I had a boss, right? Even when I was, you know, working in Broadway, I technically had a boss because I had producers above me who were, you know, asking me to raise this money and sort of go through this process. And now I'm in a place where I don't really have a boss. You know, I don't really have anybody that I that I answer to. I am in control of my own journey. And, you know, it reminds me of the, there's this saying, I think it was the Beatles, where I think it was John Lennon said something along the lines of, you know, if I want a swimming pool, I'm just going to write another song, right? 
And it's that type of thing. If I want something, if I want to make something happen, then I just need to do my entrepreneurial thing. I need to come up with something that is interesting and referable and exciting for people to purchase. And once that happens, that takes care of my lifestyle. That helps me live you know, the life that I want to live. It gives me the things that I want to have. And anytime I'm able to help others do that for themselves, create that referable brand, make it so that people are coming to them, grow their businesses, that just continues the cycle. And then they talk about it to their friends and it circles, you know, and circles back to me. One thing that I think everybody asks about or wants to think about is the idea of how do I make it so that people will remember me? How do I basically carve out that piece of mental real estate? And the way that I like to think about it is if you want people to remember you more, you focus on less. And that's language, emotion, simplicity, and structure. Have language for yourself that you've created, whether it be that you put words together in a certain way or whether it be that you come up with your own words, have your own language for things. Because if you have your own language for things, you will stick in people's memory. Emotions solidify memory. So if you are able to tap into people's emotions, if you're able to make them feel something while they're listening to you, they will remember whatever it is that you talk about. It's why most people cannot tell you what the opening scenes are from the movie Titanic, but everybody can tell you what image pops into their head when I say I'll never let go. You never actually make it, right? Like you get to a certain level and it's a very, very exciting level, but there's always other things that you want to do. When I look back and think about those moments where it's like, wow, that really landed, there are two things that come to mind. The first is when I sat in the audience of that first Broadway show that I helped produce and being there on that opening night and realizing that I was part of making this thing happen, raising that money and sort of making it happen. The second one, though, was when I hosted a conference for connectors shortly after all of my Broadway work. And I very, very distinctly remember after that conference, just the throngs of people coming up to me and just asking me questions and talking to me about this experience and telling me that, you know, that they were so excited for the next one and they wanted to see what I would do next. And let's have a meeting tomorrow and all these different types of things. That was also one of those moments where I felt, yeah, I really made something happen here and I'm excited about where this is going to go next. Making it means that you are in a place where the friction decreases significantly. You can get the meetings that you want to get without as much effort. You don't really chase people that much. They come to you. They want to talk to you. People want to partner with you. People want to have conversations with you. I think that when you get to that place where folks are motivated to seek you out and you're not really in a place where you're constantly having to prove yourself, 
I think that's where the making it you know, side of things I think really comes in. Once you reach that point where you are just significantly referable and you open up your inbox and it's just filled with intros that people are making for you, or you're just being, you're out in an event and people are just, you know, bringing folks up to you and telling them that they have to meet you. That's where I think sort of the pinnacle is. I'm Michael Roderick, and you've been listening to Making It. You can find me at smallpondenterprises.com. Making It is part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab and Just Between Coaches. This episode of Making It was produced by Danny Bermant and Jeff Govertson. Cynthia Lamb is a supervising producer. Danny Innie is our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. So you catch the great episodes that are coming up on Making It, go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.